and welcome back to another episode of the Broom Boys. I'm Guy. And I'm Buddy. And we're going to get right into some fun stuff. We're not. We're going to mess with some news here soon, but we launched our Facebook page and um, I found a quiz at one point uh, that I, I posted and also sent to, sent to Buddy, but since then... I have found another, and there will be more, and so we'll keep posting these as, you know, just because who doesn't love a good quiz, and maybe, you know, we'll see where it goes from there, but I thought we'd play a game with uh, Buddy here and see how many of these he can get right. They're oh not entirely too too hard, right? <laughs> He's like, oh, God, on I'm, the spot. I'm, I'm on the spot here. Test your Star Wars knowledge, the ultimate Star Wars quiz. Well, I mean, I have some Star Wars knowledge, so I guess we'll find out. We're going to see how it goes. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say that these are entirely difficult. I did, did like, peruse through them. I felt like there are some good ones, and if you're not heavy into Star Wars, then you're not going to know them. If you're a fan, then I feel like these are these are going to be slam dunks. So here okay, we go. Okay, well you're you're setting me up to look like a potential dipshit here. So, uh. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. I do what I can. All right. For first question in the Force Awakens, which character has Darth Vader's damaged mask? Kylo Ren. All right. Correct answer. So next question: How did Princess Leia get her title of royalty? Well, she was adopted by Bail Organa and his wife, who was the Queen of Alderaan. Uh, Queen Brea, I think? Sure. I don't know that I've ever actually heard the name before. It's right in front of me. <laughs> I, that's all the whole reason. Uh, she is the adopted qu- daughter of uh, Bail Organa and Queen Brea, although with her birth mother being Queen Padme Amidala, Leia is technically a double princess. Well, but yeah, but they t- queens are elected. I don't know that it's a con- like once you're royalty, you're always royalty. Like always royal, uh, right? I have no. I, I don't know how it works into. on. Yeah, Naboo. The, I don't know how the political system on Naboo is. Me neither. Other than weird, clearly weird, very weird. Lots of very crazy kinds of life forms on that planet. So next one, while the Jedi use a number of crystal colors for their lightsabers. The color is preferred. What color is preferred by the Sith? Oh, my. See, I told <laughs> could you. Be, could it be red? Yeah, this is a real intro to Star Wars. Right? Yeah, if red. You... Red. Who destroyed the droid control ship when they accidentally activated a Naboo fighter's autopilot? <laughs> that would be Anakin Skywalker. See, the question is, how old is this freaking? This is why I told you. This well, is I not mean, they stuff. made it at least since The Force Awakens came out. So, right. Um, where does Yoda live when he first trains Luke Skywalker? Dagobah. Boom. While fighting his own father in the Cloud City, which hand does Luke Skywalker lose? Oh, shit. Um, I think it's his right hand. You are correct. Look at that. You are just smoking these. Well, I had to bring I had to I had to bring the scene into my head and then get to that that part. And then with the body alignment and everything. Yeah, it was totally his right hand. You know how I actually remembered it before even that? Because I couldn't remember which one during that scene. I had to go to uh, Return of the. Oh, no, at the very end, when he is adjusting the hand, I had to think, which hand is he getting, like, zapped with? Oh, then... right, yeah, no, that would be a good way to tell, too. But, yeah, just the lightsaber and and the hand were on the far side of his body, so. Right. In that, That's, in the... There you go. That's a good memory. Better than mine. Who defeats Finn... In his, and that's not saying much, actually. I should throw that in there. Who defeats Finn in his very first lightsaber duel? Uh, Kylo Ren, I guess. Yeah, that, that's correct. It's definitely not Darth Maul. Well, I was thinking, could it be that stormtrooper? 
Ooh. You remember that stormtrooper had him down, but I don't know what that stormtrooper's name or designation is. So, but that technically couldn't because it was it was a lightsaber against a electro club thingy. Yeah, I I'm not quite sure what it was, but you're totally right. Um, let's see. Oh, th- you're gonna like this one, but it's not hard. What is Chewbacca's ch- weapon of choice? A bowcaster. Boom. When you see him again in The Force Awakens, after many years gallivanting around the galaxy with Han Solo, how old is Chewbacca? Uh, 250, somewhere in there. So we'll just say over 220, and you are correct, my friend. Look at that. Good job. Well, I mean, they said in, in Rise of Skywalker that he was 250 years old. Okay, see there you go. That, that's, there we go. Oh, that's better. better I have I thing. have the feeling that this this quiz was done like right after Force Awakens came out. I'm feeling like it. Um, what are the creatures living on Endor that helped the rebels to defeat the second Death Star? Nerf herders. Uh, of course, the Ewoks. Of course, the Ewoks. <laughs> right. Uh, what was the original title for the Star Wars movie? Uh, I know it was a super long title and I'm not going to get all of it, but it was something like the adventure or the adventures of Luke Starkiller. Perfect. You did. You did. Awesome. That's, that's, but it was long. It was long. It was something to, something to do with like the journal of the wills and Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, Yeah. it was a real long convoluted title, (laughs) but yeah, it was the the adventures of Luke Starkiller was the first was the part I remember for sure. Now, uh, side trivia, bonus points. Uh, what game was it that they utilized the Starkiller last name? Force Unleashed. Boom. And they also used it in Force Awakens. That was the the base, Starkiller base. Mm-hmm. Oh, double extra credit for you. Look at that. Look at that! Wow, I am I'm truly impressed, humbled. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Those weren't hard. <laughs> what nickname does Han Solo call Luke Skywalker that drives him crazy? Wait, wait. He has a nickname that drives him crazy. Yep. When did we when did we ever see Luke driven crazy by a nickname? Like the I don't only know, kid. time kid, really? Cuz the only time I ever recall seeing Luke even remotely exasperated with Han is when he was like jumping through hyperspace ain't like dusting crops, boy. It's like right at the start of when they first meet each other. Luke's just he calls him kid and Luke's like I'm not a kid kind of thing. Um, uh, I don't, yeah, no, that's a yeah. dumb question. That that's like uh, I don't even know what the that's word my for that effect, question right is. But there. it's that's like beautiful, right? That's some pretty. I think that's some heavy reading in and some exposition. Like if there was a scene of Luke being like, "Don't call me kid," Urgh, like then yeah, I could see that question being a question. But right, somebody was watching the movie and like, yeah, I can make this a trivia question. Yeah, um, let's. <laughs> Some psych delivers major at the NYU, f- maybe. Who knows? <laughs> right. All right. Who who delivers a final blow that destroys the second Death Star? Uh, Do you well, need a hint? Well, no, I'm trying to remember. I think it was Wedge, because I'm trying to remember, because you see the Millennium Falcon zaps, zap something, and then... I think you see Wedge's X-Wing zap something, or I have it flip-flop. So it's either the Millennium Falcon piloted by Lando or Wedge in his X-Wing. It's one of the two. You are correct to say it is the Millennium Falcon piloted by Lando. That is That right there is the answer. You got it. I, I'll, I'll let I'm Wedge trying, slip I need and to, slide I guess I need to, I awesome guess I need to watch. That. Well, no, dude. I mean, I've watched that movie a billion times. Like that, that sequence is that whole from the start of the battle on Endor, like where it's cutting between the three conflicts. That's my mm-hmm. favorite sequence of Star Wars stuff. I love all of it. I let's, I'm, I mean, I could do a with a little less Ewok, but like I At love the, the giant time. space battle intercut with the, the lightsaber duel. I love it. I just love it. 
Um, but I'm trying to remember who who they showed shooting first. Oh, it was Han. <laughs> well, yes, Han Han did shoot first, but because I remember Wedge, like he had to go. He said he had to climb up and destroy a, destroy something, and or somebody told him to go destroy something. He's like, Roger, I'm already on my way up, and he saw him elevating. I could have sworn in the movie that he. The last shots they showed being fired were by by him, but I could totally be wrong. I guess I need to watch Return of the Jedi. All right. Well, I, we'll go with La- Lando because, you know, it, it marked you right. And okay, so next. All right. Let's see. Who blew up the first Death Star and with what weapon? Uh, Luke Skywalker using proton torpedoes. Fired from what kind of ship? From Extra an credit. X-wing. From an X-wing. All side. right, there. Guided that was an with, easy one. And used he used the force to to guide his shots. Right. Um. Let's see. So next question: What does Han Solo have to say about the force in A New Hope? Oh, well, he's <laughs> now. Do you want me to? Go- do you uh, do you want the multiple choice? Uh, yeah, give me the this. multiple choice because there's multiple lines jumping through my head. Right. Listen, kid, I can use the force like any of you. I just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Okay, sorry. Oh <laughs> my god. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, that that's totally real. Um, no, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be the one where he's like, I don't believe in some all-powerful force guiding my destiny. But then I'm also, I'm torn between that and what he religions talking about. Hokey religions and weapons are hokey no religions for a good weapons, yeah. at your side, kid. Yeah, that was the two I was torn between is when he was talking about, I don't think there's some all-powerful force guiding my destiny and the hokey religions and ancient weapons part. Like, you either can never one be of those. too safe. The force is a powerful ally. No. Ooh, you're going to love this one that could have been, though. I just have to read it, and you're absolutely right why, with everything that you're saying. But um, some of these are just, I have, I would be caught dead with those midichlorians in my blood. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, it's that go. one. Clearly, it's that one. <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh my oh, god. god. How many more how many more questions? Oh, we're we're uh you don't want to know, so I'll, I'll speed it up. Okay, now you're in Or maybe maybe go. maybe just do one or two more and then and then well, let's uh Oh, but there's so many good ones. On. There's well, so we, many we, good ones. We can save it for another another show. We can do more more questions on another show. Okay, let's that's that sounds good. Um here we go. This is a fun one. You'll like this one. Easy answer. After Han Solo and Chewie made an opening, which X-Wing pilot blew up the Starkiller base? Uh, that would be Poe Dameron. That's correct. What is the location of the scene in which we see the predominant color of Luke Skywalker's outfit change from white to black? Uh, I mean, that's when he showed up to Jabba's Palace. Jabba's Palace is correct. What race does the comical Jar Jar Binks belong to? Well, first of all, he's not comical. And second, he's a Gungan. (laughs) That's correct. Where do the Gungans live on the planet of Naboo? Under the water? Uh, Gunga City, I think is what they said. You already see it. Look, even though you didn't like it, you know it. What characters say the famous quote, a Jedi Knight? Geez, I'm out of it for a little while. Everyone gets delusional or gets delusions of grandeur. Well, that's Han Solo, of course. There you go. Return of the Jedi. All right, one more question. One more question. Pick a good Uh, one. Pick a good one. Okay, pick a good one. <clears throat> no, that's not coronavirus, folks. I I have a bad lung. It's full of scar tissue. I cough all the time. I'm not lucky enough to get 
that so I can get time off from work. Not saying uh, that it's great that people are getting it. Don't take it like that. But I work at a lab and we're producing materials for coronavirus testing. And I'm pretty sure by the time it's all said and done, I'm just going to keel over and not from uh, the virus, just from worked hours. So yeah, don't do that. Everybody likes to hear you. So here we go. <clears throat> are you ready for this one? I picked well, a hard I, one. I barely like hearing me, so we'll take that with a grain of salt. But Well, I love hearing you. Okay, fair enough. Go ahead. All uh, right, hard one. Hit it. Let's go. Who wins second place in the Bunta Eve Classic Pod Race where Anakin Skywalker's win, or where Anakin Skywalker wins his freedom? Well, I mean, I'm not really, sh- I'm not really sure if they show who crosses the finish line. Do you um, want some names? Because I can, I can give you a fifty-fifty. I mean, 50. I, mean I want to say it's Sebulba, but I'm not. I don't, I don't remember them showing who. I think it's Sebulba because that's pretty much the only other pod racer's name that you know. Uh no, Sebulba breaks down. Well, yeah, I know Sebulba breaks down, but I don't know the fucking rules of pod racing, like. Uh, sure. Give me, give me a 50, 50 because yeah, that is definitely, you would have to be an Uber phantom menace nerd to know that. All right. 50, 50. I'm going to give you cause the, the, they are, there is Sebulba and Anakin and Anakin, if he wins his freedom and he didn't win for, he, he took first, he, he didn't lose. And Sebulba, I do remember the pod was destroyed. So you have Gascano and Mahonic. Uh, I'm going to go with Mahonic, because why not? Sounds good. Gascano. Oh, well, oh. darn. Um, oh, I guess I'll turn in my round. lightsaber. Turn in my lightsaber of, of Star Wars fandom. Oh, it's all right. I... <laughs> 50-50. All right, that, that wraps up our quiz the expert segment of the show First that was a time. long goddamn quiz we should tighten what do you that mean? up that was the next 15 time minutes yeah 15 minutes 15, 15 minutes, minutes yeah. of fun yeah it was fun i mean i had as much fun picking apart the questions as i did answering them so so I, it was it was a good time i hope every everybody enjoyed it and if you didn't well i did so and it's my show and if you don't like it well you'll let us know and then we'll change it so Moving on. You uh, just gave them a lot of power. <laughs> right? I did, didn't I? You're welcome, guys. See, I, I am there for you. Uh, uh, so are we doing some news now? News now. News, news now. News now. Okay, well, uh, probably do as much to the circumstances of what is going on around the world with the coronavirus outbreak, I do hope if you're listening to this, you're healthy, you're you're following the instructions of your state, local governments. If you needed to be quarantined in place voluntarily or shelter or just stay at home, hope you're doing your part, hoping you have uh, plenty of food, plenty of water, plenty of toilet paper. Um, hope you have all of that stuff, plenty of ammo, maybe even. Uh, just hope that you're safe and secure and tucked in and... Uh, and doing well, but yeah, probably because of coronavirus, there wasn't a whole lot going on and not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, one, one moderate-ish news story, and then one bit of news that's relatively huge. So we'll go to the first story is uh, Greg Grunberg or Grunberg. I'm never sure how it's pronounced. Uh, he played, of course, Snap Wexley in Force Awakens. And in Rise of Skywalker, you actually see he dies in Rise of Skywalker. Um, He's also J.J. Abrams' childhood friend. They've been friends their whole lives. Um, Hence, you see him pop up in a lot of J.J. projects. Anyways, he did a, I think it was for The Hollywood Reporter. He did an interview where he said that there is no uh jj cut of rise of skywalker and also said that there is zero animosity between jj and ryan johnson because somewhere maybe it was made up by the fans or some rumor spread that because jj had to quote unquote undo so much damage that ryan johnson did with the last jedi 
that there was a feud between them and Greg stomped both of those rumors. There is no director's cut, no JJ cut, and no feud. Right. And I'm still critical of his uh, work with The Last Jedi, but eh, it is what it is. And I think what I took from his interview and that little bit of Star Wars more than anything that I felt like was super um, important to remember is and even with the other movies, especially having watched the first trilogy again, um, well, not the first, but, you know, the uh, first three movies of the entire nine, um, having watched those with my, recently with my kids again, I realized that I really didn't like a whole lot of the stuff that was in the first two movies. Uh, Revenge of the Sith was really it that I liked about those ones. Um, oh, so you you watched the prequels? You watched the yeah, prequels? When I you, watched. The I prequels. thought. I thought Sorry. when you said you watched the first three movies, I was assuming you watched A New Hope, Empire, and Return. Right, and that was what I was meaning. Is no, I watched the the yeah the prequels is what I should have. Yeah, said, see, but... this is this is how this is the nomenclature. This is how you have to say it: original trilogy, prequels, new trilogy. That's how you that's how you break those break those apart. So there is no right. questions. And and I'll I will work on that. Uh, my brain I gotta change how it's wired then. Um, but still, the point is prequel movies. I I really didn't like that trilogy. Um, that the prequel trilogy. I the whole of it. I I I didn't really even enjoy. The pod race scene was about the most exciting part I felt, and the mall lightsaber scenes, uh, both in the desert and. Um, when he kills Qui-Gon and everything. Those were my favorite parts of the movie. The The first scenes where you see, like, o- o- Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, like, get set upon and trapped in the room and all blah, blah, blah. That was fun, but... Yeah, I just... I, I realized that there was a whole lot of it, though, that if it didn't have that specific... Those, like, one of those the the three jedi or the two jedi and or the sith i didn't really enjoy the whole movie a whole lot but the point being that i should come back around to and stop my rambling is he specifically states that you know some people hate the movie other people absolutely love it and whether you hated it or you loved it you had feelings about it and that's some of the fun part about star wars because it has been that way for all of the movies since you know the very first one now a lot of people obviously love the first three trilogy uh the original trilogy um but it had its it had its some of its detractors uh, i don't know who but some um so in, in sense of star wars it's like yeah there's this might not have been your favorite star wars it might have been the worst star wars movie of them all in your opinion it might have just been a star wars movie but there will be others and some of them are going to be your favorites some of them you're going to hate just as much some of them you're going to love a little bit more some of them you're going to hate a little bit more it's going to be just how it works but they're going to be somebody, someone's going to love it. Somebody's going to hate it. And it's just, that's how it all works and always has. Well, well said, well said. Um, you know, I, I would like to see the deleted scenes myself. I would like to see the stuff that was left out. I'm not necessarily saying I need it super cut back into the film. Um, but I always, I always make it a point to check out deleted scenes whenever they're available. Um, so yeah, it would be cool to uh, to see them. But if we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. It's not a big deal. But uh, Greg Grunberg speaking out in defense of JJ. Well, I just, don't know. Right. And just to bring up another fun one. I mean, not for anything, but just to, to bring up the point. And actually, if anybody wants to respond and, and uh, shoot us a comment or anything like that, who shot first? Han or Greedo? Well, Han did. In the original trilogy, yes. Well, yes. I mean, when I the, when I ever since I've been watching original. a new yeah, ever since I've been watching a New Hope, up until whenever the re-release came out, what in ninety seven is that when they did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the re-release, yeah, no, mm-hmm. it was it, it was 
you know, ever since I was a little kid watching Star Wars, Han always just straight up murders Greedo. I mean, self-defense, yeah, but I mean, he took him out before he could be taken out or taken prisoner or whatever. But yeah, Han always shot first. Now, yes, did they change it to where Greedo shot and missed and Han took him out? Yeah, they did. And the, and the effects in that scene where they like digitally move Han's head and it just looks herky-jerky and then Han shoots him, fine whatever if that's your version of the scene that's your version of the scene i'm not going to argue with you about it um i'm with you han shot first but and han i shot don't first. have any issue with that i actually like he's the fast fucking draw and he sees it coming of course he's a smart smuggler fucking i think i played too many rogues as uh in D. well he didn't he didn't like quick draw on him as he was just sitting there with the gun held on him, he just casually, slowly drew his blaster under the table, you know? Like, right? why why Greedo didn't make him keep his hands in view will always stun me a little bit. But, you know, I mean, how Greedo's just not a good bounty hunter, I guess. Right? That was that bad move on the bounty hunter's part. And you can't yep. tell me that all bounty hunters are good guys. So, you know... But no, no. At the same just, time, just Mando, whatever version. just uh, just Jin Darren, our buddy, right? Best. But one hey, speak know. speaking of Jin Darren, the Ooh. second bit of news, good segue there, relates Beautiful. to the Mandalorian, and it goes back. If you have listened to all the episodes up until now, you have heard us talk about a live action Ahsoka Tano, and how we wanted rosario dawson to have that role and how rosario had been campaigning for it and had said publicly and on social media that she'd wanted it well lo and behold it's officially announced that rosario dawson has been cast as live action ahsoka tano on the second season of the mandalorian so way to go john fucking favreau and i i will say one thing is i gotta hand this straight to buddy this buddy nailed that one. Um, I was thinking it could have possibly gone to that other, that wrestling chick, but he was like, ah, but this is, this is the, it's a whole campaign. And uh, we were like, you know, if he's smart, he's going to listen, I think was the comments we were saying, or you said. And you know what? Again, hat tip, the dude knows what the fuck's up. Yeah, but the whole the whole news of this casting brought up a question in my head. Because, what was it, two or three episodes ago now, I had the surprise announcement at the end that I had seen a story popped up that said that they were done shooting The Mandalorian. So, are they going to bring her in for reshoots, or has her stuff already been shot and they just kept her casting a big old secret? Dude, um, I think they're... It, Baby Yoda was a big old secret. I think they're just... the. I think there's interest with everybody who works on the show that to keep these things in the dark because they're committed to it. They're, they're it. They're part of something that, that is, I mean, I really think when they wrap up with the Mandalorian, if it continues to go in the direction that it's going, it's going to be the equivalent of, the original trilogy to the universe that that exists it's going to be something that people look at that is to the core through and through star wars oh yeah i'm i have no doubt that somewhere out there in this world there's probably quite a few of them that will point at the mandalorian and say that is my favorite star wars that show is my favorite Star Wars thing ever of all time. Hands down, favorite Star Wars thing right there. Um, and I can't say that I blame them. I'm not going to say it's my favorite, but God damn, do I love it. And I think that's why the crew is, and that's why they're able to keep these secrets. They're able to keep spoilers from slipping is because you have an entire crew that is that dedicated to what they're doing and that involved and and believes in what they're doing because it, it shows in the production value that they all believe um absolutely that's my favorite. there 
they also um I think it was on Fat Man Beyond, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin's uh, weekly pop culture podcast. Kevin returned just in time to avoid uh, his tour being shut down by coronavirus. He completed his tour successfully for Jane Silent Bob reboot. Um, I think he said he visited, got to visit the set at some point. And they have like this cool green screen that they can use to basically like transport Trans, it'll basically be whatever background they need it to, and it'll scroll as they move and stuff like that. It sounded like they have some pretty innovative and cool technology going to make that show work as well. I think I read something about specifically what you're talking about that actually said he is using imagination, like almost like these new techniques, uh, like... He's giving, I don't remember what it was about, like free reign to people to try and figure out how to do these scenes in a new way that allows them the flexibility to tell the story how it needs to be told, I think. It's how it went, I think. Uh, it was. It's a bit ago that I read it, and it all muddles together. But I did read something that he is definitely invested in using new techniques new strategies uh from both um physical to computer uh to blend the two in new ways i guess uh yeah well i mean the show has got some pretty high production quality and it obviously clearly uses a lot of practical effects as well which i think is key to star wars just to capture the look and feel i think you need to go as practical as you can um and, Agreed. you know, I mean, I, I have no negatives to say about that show. I have questions and things that baffle me about the show. Like what's with people not knowing about Jedi and things of that nature. But I mean, that's a minor complaint in the grand scheme of things. I have nothing bad to say about the show. Zero zilch. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, so that being said... I think that leads us into uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars season. Yes, seven and episode. going from going from live action Ahsoka to Clone Wars cartoon animated Ahsoka. Um, episode five, is, right? Episode five. This is the the first appearance of Ahsoka in this season. Um, Gone with a trace is the title of the episode. And That's probably some of the best parts about it. Yeah, I mean, I it, it was fine. I mean, it was uh, fine. It was fine. It was an episode of a show. It was an episode of a show with a pretty straightforward plot. Um, I'm a bastard, obviously. You <laughs> know, I mean, no, I, I don't have. For for it being her first appearance in the season and something that's been really long awaited. And obviously, we know from our experience with the Bad Batch episodes that even when something seems slow, it's setting up something later. That's fine. But, I mean... I wanted something explosive. <sighs> yeah, I wanted... she. I mean, she's running from her past as a Jedi, clearly. You see that throughout the whole episode is she's not straightforward with, uh, with anybody about who she is or what she can do. Uh, she is... Yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah. It, it, it's just, yeah, it it's, wasn't the strongest. It wasn't how I would have launched telling Ahsoka's post-Jedi Order uh, life. Right. I agree completely because I don't... I, I felt like it was completely... I don't know, lack of... It sets up a good story for where she is, where she's going, those kind of things, I suppose. But I didn't feel like it developed the character in a meaningful way. I felt like it was almost uh, an introduction placeholder where they could have had an introduction and more compelling story rather than just this kind of non-moving um, the biggest thing that I got from it was her, the development of her friendship with Trace in that degree. But 
Well, yeah, and I mean, clearly Trace, you know, Trace, I'm building a ship and I'm going to make my living among the stars. So, you know, clearly at some point here in the next couple episodes, Trace is going to have that ship finished and they're going to go blasting off into space. Um, Um, You know, one thing I did say I really I thought was cool at the beginning of the episode mm -hmm. when her speeder started breaking down. Or when she was riding her speeder, they were using the same sound effects that they used for like the speeder bikes from Return of the Jedi. I thought that was kind of a neat little touch. That um, was. And speaking of sound, actually, the musical score of it was really nice in some parts. Like uh, my favorite part, I, I uh, when she's using the force to pull the crane back. Right, um, the little forklift the whole, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they break to that Jedi do 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 do. Yeah, you they know? pulled they pulled a lot of the soundtrack straight from the movies. It was it was nice. I really liked that. Yeah, but yeah, the audio that, was definitely the audio was definitely the standout thing of the episode because <laughs> it yeah, wasn't. I mean, dude, you could see you could see the plot coming from a mile away. Oh, I, she happens to crash on this person on this person's property who they happen to be a mechanic and they happen to be building a ship and then they all also happen to be dealing with a lone shark oh and look they've got a jedi that can beat up the lone shark's goons oh and And now they gotta go find the sister and then shady sister doing shady deals causing trouble for all of them and then oh okay well they're gonna they've got this plan it's gonna bail everybody out and then you know of course the plan goes awry and ahsoka has to Remember that she can use the force at the end of the day to stop the rampaging binary load lifter droid. And, you and then know, she gets found out by the kid. The kid noticed her. That was actually one interesting part of the storytelling that I don't know if I felt like it's foreshadowing, obviously. Uh, Is it? I just I, I don't know that it's foreshadowing anything. Um, I bet you what if, the kid noticed eh. her. Well, yeah, the kid noticed her. But so what? Uh, foreshadowing i'm pretty sure is the is the kid so when order 66 goes down is the kid gonna rat her out to the clone soldiers and then that's why they have to leave is that how it's gonna work maybe who knows but i mean that's (sighs) why would they build up another character at this you know let's were they already introduced two new characters with with trace and whatever the other fucking person's name was and then now they're story of what's going to happen to ahsoka because we know where she leaves this timeline and she goes to the rebel stuff because she ends this ends this series basically going down into mandalore and to have her fight with vader and then the next time you see her uh, is from in rebels when uh whoever whatever pulls her out of um, just as Vader's about to deliver the killing blow, he pulls her into the space beyond time and beyond whatever and saves her. Right. Rex does that, I believe. Rex, yeah. Or Rex, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Rex. But yeah, so I mean, we, we do know, obviously, that where Ahsoka is going. And I mean, clearly with her the announcement of the Mandalorian Season 2 casting... We know that she survives at least up until a couple years after Return of the Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, all in all, I'm not. I mean, we we did a very very quick summary of the episode, but there's really not much that needs to be said. There's nothing profound. There's nothing exciting, except there's obviously she's got this buddy that eventually she's going to leave with. It's clear. It's obvious. Um, and, you know, whether or not next week's episode is about them again, I guess we'll see. And maybe we'll see where some of this stuff is leading. Maybe they'll maybe they'll focus on Anakin and Obi-Wan and Mace Windu and other people uh, for the next episode. It's hard to tell. And but we'll be watching every week until the until the, the finale, obviously, just as just as everybody else is. Um, Can I ask you a question? Sure. About sure. What your opinion was? Did you feel confused and completely like the fuck with the cover with the coveralls? I mean, out of all the outfits she picks, is a pair of coveralls? Ah, uh, uh, no, I have no opinion. I mean, Ahsoka has always had weird outfits. Like you see her running around in like a pair of shorts or a short skirt and a belly shirt for most of the Clone Wars series, right? So, 
I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm just saying, though, out of all the outfits that are in Star Wars, regardless of which, even what Trace is wearing, uh, all the outcasts, everything like that, she went with like this '90s coverall outfit. And I, yeah, yeah, I don't. It was know, dude. weird, like this, like Gone in sixty seconds. Sway was it Sway, right? Oh, Angelina Jolie's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's right. Um. Anyway, it, it's like it was just it was weird to see. It's like I I was I just. And even the coloring, the stripes were, it was like, when did she stop by Earth to pick up the coverall? I didn't feel like it was really Star Wars-y, I guess. I've seen, from all the outfits I've seen on all the different people, I mean, it, it was just weird to see, I guess, more Earth fashion than some kind of imagined kind of yeah space i mean i mean i don't know bro i don't know who's in charge of designing the looks uh who makes those choices it's an odd one to be sure but i mean i i don't dwell on that sort of stuff too often it would really have to be jarring it would really have to like i would have to be like what the it would have to hit me really hard to pull me out of watching the episode and it didn't do that so i don't really care but yeah no i mean it was an odd choice it really it did that to me it was like i was watching it going I know. I mean, they they were they're definitely showing her progression and her change. She's no longer Jedi, all those kind of things. But why not like more like Trace's outfit or something like that with the you know with some kind of jacket? And it's like I've I don't know. It was just weird to see like this coverall. I don't. Maybe that was all she could afford. You know, I mean, sneakers or something. She doesn't have. You know, I assume that the Jedi that each individual Jedi has some sort of access to some sort of funds. And when she left the order, you know, she, she only had what she had, you know? So I don't know. I don't know. Well, especially if they took him in as kids, she was going to have nothing. So it's like, basically they kicked her out and they're like, and you get fucking nothing. Well, no, they didn't, they didn't kick her out. She left. She chose to leave. She left. Yeah, because they found out it was Barris Ophi who had been betraying the Jedi Order and framing That's her, right. and they apologized to her, but she didn't accept it, and she she turned her back on the Order. Now, but you raise an interesting point where you say she's not a Jedi anymore, and I would have to argue that it, just because you're not in the Jedi Order anymore doesn't, I don't think that makes her not a Jedi. Ah, the difference between the order versus the kind of, uh, I don't want to say call it a religion, but the, the way of life almost like, right. I mean, is it, there is no Jedi order in empire strikes back is Yoda any less of a Jedi, right? Well, you bring up a que- the, what was it? Uh, Revan said, I am Jedi. Wasn't it? Yeah, no, in in the MMO, in the Old Republic MMO, you fight him if you're playing as the dark side. And one of the lines he says during the fight is, you've never faced anyone like me. I was Sith. I am Jedi. Yeah, and so it brings up that that kind of different different, uh, kind of opinion of, what the Jedi, what it means to be a Jedi is it, are you part of this order and organization or is it more of an ideal and a way of life and a code? Well, I think it's all of those things, but I think it also varies from Jedi to Jedi. I have always found that the people who, or the, or the Jedi who refer to themselves, they say, they don't say I am a Jedi. They just say, I am Jedi. To me, that's like, it's more than something that they belong to. It's more of a, it's, it's what they are. It's who they are. I am Jedi. Kind of Um, more like gray Jedi in that sense then. Well, no, I wouldn't even say that. I just, I think maybe it shows more, I think dropping that a out of that sentence makes it more of a connection. Is it, it's more of who you are. You're not just a Jedi. I am Jedi. This is who I am. I am Jedi. I don't know. I think it's I think it's a distinction and I think that I think it's not an accident that certain Jedi over the course of 
various things in Star Wars have used that phraseology. Uh, I think it's meant to signify that there is something different, maybe even special about it, but there's nothing canically uh, to clarify that. It's just what I feel. It's just what I believe. All right. Next question. Um, do you, and this is just, I'm, I mean, things that I'm thinking of as we're going through this whole conversation. This is just a random thought. Only because... I have an opinion, but I'd rather hear yours because it Uh might help clarify mine. Okay. Now, a Jedi's first lightsaber, they make, they build. Uh, Um, Well, I mean, they might have access to a training lightsaber at the temple before they go and make one, but I don't know that that training lightsaber would be theirs per se. Um, Right, but their first real lightsaber as a Jedi, they, they build, right? Yes, we'll just say yes. Okay. That is actually that is one of the one of the final like prerequisites before they can even actually be a Jedi. So you're talking like that's like the final between like you as a Padawan, you have to build your lightsaber before your own lightsaber before you can advance to become a Jedi Knight. All right. So with that said, Obviously, there are going as we've seen in all the movies. There are some Jedi that have more technical ability than, say, others, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. There's a lot of examples. Do you think there are Jedi that specifically only make sabers? I mean, like that's they they like crap master crafts like saber craftsmen i guess you, you mean like you mean like they're like saber smiths like all yeah. they do is build lightsabers i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure i right? there there would have to be someone has to build those training sabers i mean i assume this lightsaber as long as it's taken care of and not damaged lasts for a very long time um but you know Which obviously you I, a, I, mm-hmm. sorry no go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead no, I, which was with what you're saying, it makes me also say if they're, they're making all those things, they've also become master craftsmen. So they, I don't want to say specifically ornamental, but ceremonial hilts uh, or, or sabers, uh, unique sabers, all the different things, uh, they, would, they would experiment that with those things. So you would definitely see an array of different kinds of use or blades, right? Well, sure. There's there's a lot of, I'm, okay, maybe a lot's not the right term, but there are many unique lightsaber hilts, um, seen throughout throughout various examples of Star Wars. You see some that are very basic, like look at uh, look at Rey's lightsaber hilt at the end of Rise of Skywalker that she made from her staff. Mm-hmm. Very basic, very rough, but it's made from her staff, so it's something personal. But it does have that neat little dial switch thing that's kind of cool. I mean, but then you look at other, like Mace Windu's lightsaber was very, very intricate and fancy looking. Like Qui-Gon's wasn't super ornate, but it was very, looked very functional and like kind of tailored to his grip. Um, You know, Yoda's lightsaber was kind of fancy looking, but that also brings me to something else is, so say you build your first lightsaber when you're 11 Say you're a human, okay? We're just going to use a human Jedi as an example. You're an 11-year-old human Jedi. You build your first lightsaber. At some point, you're going to have to either build another lightsaber or modify that lightsaber because you are growing physically. That lightsaber handle or hilt or whatever you want to call it, it's going to become too small for your hands. And so you are going to have to modify it or build another hilt and transfer all your your crystal and whatever over to it at some point. Um, so true. So, so true. I mean, I would assume that if there's not craftsmen just out and out building sabers and just sticking crystals into them, then they've got to be have craftsmen maybe, or you know, they're teaching how to do it, but or they have craftsmen just building hilts. So that there's hilts available and say your saber gets damaged. I need a new hilt. You pop your crystal out, go into the guy and go to the Jedi armory maybe and say, I need another lightsaber hilt. And they just give you a hilt without the crystal and you disassemble it and reassemble it. And boom, there's your new lightsaber. 
I mean, right. <laughs> I mean that sort of stuff. It would be cool to know, but it's not something I think that's so super important that we need to like. They would need to dedicate like, let's do a movie about the Jedi craftsman. It would be no, cool, right? and I would watch it. But like, let's do a scene or two in the movie about the Jedi craftsman, or a scene and- or two in the books about a Jedi craftsman. You know. Yeah, it would be. It, it's definitely not a movie worthy, in my opinion. You could. It's more. What are they? Uh, compendium kind of knowledge. Just that, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. That's just, a good way. Yeah, just rough knowledge that a person could use to pick up a book, open it, say, "Okay, this is how it's done." Close the book, and I mean, these are authors ultimately. They can go through it and say, this is how I'm going to, okay, and this is how this is done. And now I can use that blueprint to write my story now that I know how it works. I mean, that's my opinion. That's how a lot of authors do it. Well, I would imagine that in the course of a student building his first lightsaber, in fact, no, I know for a fact because it was in the, um, it was in the old Jedi source book, um, that when a, a student was building their first saber, their master was present talking them through it. And then there was also some sort of ritual chant that was said while the saber was being built. Um, so it's a very important, big milestone for Padawans when they build their sabers and there is some ceremony about it. But I imagine they have people. I mean, they have to. They would have to have people there who would be like, well, here's all the parts. Here's various styles. Here's how this goes together and that goes together. You know, pick and choose the parts and pieces that you feel connected or drawn to and then set the rest aside and just, you know, and then build your saber from there. And then I also have to imagine that while they might be successful in building their first lightsaber to where like they turn it on and it activates and doesn't blow up, like I would have to say that probably most Padawans don't get it completely 100% right the first time and probably tinker around and modify and rebuild their saber multiple times over the course of their career as Jedi. I mean, you would have to. You would have to. I'm a gun guy. I'm a massive gun guy. I have a very, by some standards, large arsenal. By other standards, I barely own any guns at all. But I'm a gun guy. So I am constantly, to my wife's chagrin, buying parts and attachments and grips and everything else and just swapping stuff in and out on various guns um playing around with different types of optics playing around with different uh, configurations for lights or for lasers playing around with different grips and stocks i'm always tinkering um with a weapon until i have it right until it feels perfect to me uh so i can only imagine that in a galaxy far far away where a lightsaber is they like obi-wan says this this weapon is your life to anakin after he drops his saber you know this weapon is your life i have to imagine that there's some some tinkering over the course of their lifetime at a very minimum you know even if most of the jedi in the history of the jedi order never had to actually use their lightsabers for anything other than practice and sparring i mean i imagine they would have to fiddle with them from time to time Right, and it's even down to Kylo Ren's uh, cross guard hilt that he has going on. That's obviously a modification, even if it was his original lightsaber that he used to modify to change you know, <coughs> to do that with. Um, it, you definitely see that that's not the saber he had when it was he was training with Luke, and right, all it could be the things. crystal. It could be the crystal, right. though. Um, now, I read somewhere, and I don't know if this is canon or not, but the reason he had a cross guard saber that I think it might have even been like one of the visual dictionaries. So, again, may or may not be canon. I don't know, but this is a story that I remember reading. Um, is the reason he had a cross guard lightsaber was because the crystal, his crystal in that saber was fractured. And so the way the energy was coming off 
necessitated it had vents to yep so, i read that yeah so that was the reason or a reason i was i what i read that he had a cross guard saber is it wasn't anything to do with oh i want to make a unique deadlier weapon it was just his crystal was busted all the shit and he was basically forced to build that style of saber yeah because he otherwise it would it would blow up the the hilt or whatnot it, or something like that. Yeah, I read that same that or I read a similar story uh, to it. So, uh, but still shows that he, you have the ability to modify and change the saber um, to whether it's a necessity or style. Um, and I would love to see some of the things that if you had a master craftsman, what they could come up with. Um, because there's probably blades that are better suited to certain, um, uh, saber styles, combat styles than say other blades Or if you could do that, there definitely would be, you know what I mean? It would be well, really interesting. You know, like, well, you look way. at the, uh, like you look at the dark saber, how it looks like a black katana blade. Now yeah. you wonder, is it the shape of the crystal that makes it look like a black katana blade or is it the shape of the emitter that makes it look like a black katana blade? I mean, and if in any, in either of those situations, there's something unique about the shape of that lightsaber blade. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Could they then say it's the crystal, say the crystal is cut and shaped in a way that when the energy is focused through it, that's how it comes out. So it looks like a katana blade. So then could you then cut and chip and shape your crystal to where it was more, flat and wide so it was like a broadsword blade instead of like the instead of like the pole sort of energy that we see on a traditional lightsaber to where it was a wider blade and you could maybe block lightsaber bolts easier with it or Ooh. you know could you do it to where it was curved like a scimitar i mean who knows who knows right um, that's a good question that's that would be because uh what was it? Dooku's blade with that that kind of curve to it. Well, the his his lightsaber hilt was curved at the bottom, but it, that was done because of his lightsaber style. He was one of the few Jedi since like the fall of the Sith Empire, you know, a thousand years before Phantom Menace, whose mm -hmm. principal lightsaber combat style was the second form of combat i think it was called makashi but it was okay. meant specifically for lightsaber to lightsaber combat not very many jedi trained in that because they had nobody to go lightsaber to lightsaber with except for the occasional maybe random fallen jedi that would pop up over the course of time um so but that was another reason why he was you know, whooping the ass of any Jedi who came up against him at that point in time too during the Clone Wars is because he was he had trained his whole life to defeat other lightsaber wielding people. And apparently that curve um helped him somehow with the techniques um and with one handed fighting. He liked to fight one handed, which I think might have been a a trait of the Makashi style. I'm I'm probably okay. butchering the name. I need to look up the the forms, the names of the forms again. Um, I remember a couple of them off the top of my head, so I'm hoping I'm getting that one correct too. Um, right. But yeah, that but was still. the reason for his. That was the reason I okay. read. Now whether that's canon or not, and I hate, I hate not. It was so simple back in the day when everything was canon. You know, everything mm -hmm. was official Star Wars, <laughs> and now it's so convoluted that you have to like wait for a press release from Disney to be like, yep, it's canon or no, it's not. Um, you know, right. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah. That's, that is definitely one of the downsides. Uh, but the more they tell the stories, the more the an those answers will come out and be, be canon. Um, and we will, I mean, it's again, the, there's some stories in the EU that people absolutely despised and there's some that they absolutely loved and it will be the same as it is now. It's just now we will have new definitions of what makes it this or that. Kyber Maybe. crystals no longer have color. They're, they choose their color. They're, you know, 
Kyber, what? You were saying the Kyber crystal, I mean, originally was just a crystal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a a special lightsaber crystal um, that supposedly the legend around it was is that it had the effect to amplify the, the, the force powers of the person who wielded it. And then so Vader and Luke and Leia were going after it at the same time. Um, they, they basically got to the temple that it was housed in simultaneously. Uh, they had a lightsaber duel Luke against Vader. So that would have been in old canon the first time they went blade to blade. And in order to give Luke a sh- even a shot and a hope and a prayer of defeating Vader, Obi-Wan actually inhabited Luke's body and basically used it as a puppet and was able to cut off one of Vader's arms. But the effort exhausted both Luke and Obi-Wan's spirit. And if it wasn't for Vader stepping onto a crumbling piece of the temple roof and falling through, he would have killed both Luke and Leia. Um, But yeah, so Luke recovered the crystal, found out that it didn't have anything special about it really. Um, Used it as a lightsaber crystal for a little while and then used it as a teaching tool. Um, so did that change with KOTOR or did that change just gradually as they went through? Uh, it did not change with KOTOR because there were, there was a Kyber crystal in Knights of the Old Republic you could find. It was a, it was a lightsaber upgrade. What it did exactly, I don't know, but it wasn't, uh, it was just, you know, you could get multiple crystals, uh, like you had your color crystal and then you had two other crystals that would give, you know, RPG style. It was mods. It was yeah. modification. <clears throat> you know, it'd give your plus 20 damage or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, really, I think it was the Clone Wars where it changed. I think the, the Clone Wars cartoon is what changed it. Maybe it changed in a book that I, I'm not remembering prior to that, but I think it was the Clone Wars cartoon where that changed. So Kotor Two though wasn't. I thought you they had the Kyber the the Kyber Crystal Cave that you went and you found you that the color of crystal that you wanted and then wasn't that? Am I not right? Remember? No, that you're right? thinking of you're thinking of Fallen Order, dude. Am I thinking? But no, what was I? What am I thinking of? Because I remember it was like there was a crystal cave that you went into and. In one of the old RPG Star Wars games, and it had well, like was... purple crystals and green crystals, and well, yeah, there was the a cave. Colors. There was a cave in old in Knights of the Old Republic that you went into that had a bunch of crystals in it, but but they weren't I mean, Kyber crystals. That's not they what didn't they, were they didn't say they didn't say oh, okay. anything really. It uh, I guess I just always assumed. Uh, I just made an ass I'm trying of myself. No, you didn't. You didn't. You're just misremembering. I mean, you're misremembering a detail from a game that's 17 years old. So, what? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh god. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic came out in 2003. Crap. Well, it's all right. It was. It's been obviously a great time. Don't do drugs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's see uh so other than i've killed a whole lot of time is there anything else you want i mean that you that that we thought about that you might want to bring up talk about or should we let uh, the day well i mean it's not really it's it's a shorter episode than our normal ones for certain but i mean we're we're just over an hour and that's a that's a that's a respectable episode length anyway you look at it so i don't think we've there's given any you guys length. enough Ha. Yeah, I mean, I just, I can't, there's there's not much going on news-wise because of the whole COVID-19 situation. The Clone Wars episode was fine, but there's nothing really to deep dive into on that. You know, we made our own deep dive with the lightsaber talk. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's, there's really not much else Star Wars to talk about. I mean, if there's anything non-Star Wars you want to chit-chat about, I'm always up for that. But whether or not our... Uh, our fair listeners want to listen to that is also up to them. 
Um, I'm trying to think of anything that really... I mean, obviously, there's personal conversations, but to be, aside from that, I'm trying to think of anything kind of fun, anything kind of newsy that's worthwhile. Um, that, And I mean... We just have everything that we've already talked about. No sense in bringing a lot of that back up for everybody to just rehash. Uh, do remember, again, I'm going to point out if, you know, you have friends, uh, pr please, you know, kill some time. Go on a walk, put this, put the podcast on, and you just did an hour worth of exercise. Stay away from anybody. But, you know, going outside's okay. Um, unless you're in lockdown, yeah. then don't. Yeah, yeah. You go outside. Unless you're obviously showing signs of being sick, go outside. Enjoy the sunshine or the rain or the wind or the mountains or the hills or wherever it is that you live. Um, I will go ahead and say while we're while we're talking, um, our Facebook page is up and running. Um, so please feel free to drop in and visit that. Uh, we have some fun stuff up on there, and we're always we're trying to post every day. Uh, but feel free to, to post, leave message, send us a message. We're also on Twitter. We are at buddy underscore guy. That's the symbol underscore. Don't type out underscore. Um, <coughs> you know, feel free to give us follows on both of those. We would love to interact with all of you. Um, yeah. So send us a message, drop us a thumbs up or a thumbs down, uh, if there's anything you would like to hear our our take on, hit us with that as well. We'd be happy to tackle any subjects, questions, issues, concerns that you may or may not have. Here, here. So, yeah, I don't have anything more to add to that. That was perfect. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was perfect, but it is what it is. Just like everything. Everything in this crazy world that we're living in right now. I'm I'm almost 40 years old. I know you're 40 uh, I never thought I would ever see something like this go down. And I mean, we're talking about, you know, we saw growing up the Challenger explode, the Berlin Wall come down, the first Gulf War, 9-11, uh, multiple economic issues. Um, we've seen a lot of crazy stuff and I never thought a plague would be one of them. But here we are in one. So everybody, I right. just I hope I hope you're you're staying safe. And I know we've brought it up a few times, but I mean, if you're out there and you're worried and you're concerned, I hope this episode maybe helped take your mind off things, even for just a little while. Um, you know, it's 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 rough. Be nice to people. Help people when you can. And if you need help, ask for it. Don't be afraid to reach out to ask for help if you need it. Um, the only way we're going to get through this is together even if that togetherness requires us to have some social distancing. But we can take care of each other without a doubt. Absolutely. So from us to you, be safe, be happy. And my friend, I believe we've spoken. <laughs>